So let's take a look at the laws of Mashiach so that we know what we're talking about when we talk about Mashiach. Um, a general orientation, a general attitude towards Mashiach is that we have believed and hoped in the coming of Mashiach ever since the world was created. When God came to Moshe and said, go down to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, Moshe argued. According to the commentaries, Moshe's argument was, if you're going to take Jews out of Egypt, why not take them out with Moshiach? Why send me? I'm going to take them out, but then they're going to end up back again. There will be a destruction of the temple, and Jews will go back into exile again. So why bother? Why make... Send already Mashiach. Let it be the final redemption. Why send me? So Moshe said, Shlachno biyad tishlach. Don't send me. Send one who, who should be sent. And who should be sent? As we say, as the prophet says, Behold, I will send to you Eliyahu, the prophet, who will announce the coming of Mashiach. So who is the one who is sent? Mashiach. So when Moshe said, I can't go, I don't know what to say, I can't talk, send, send the right person. Who is he referring to? To Mashiach. So since then, certainly, Jews have been waiting for Mashiach, believing in Mashiach, hoping for Mashiach. Why is it taking so long? When Mashiach comes, what will have caused him to come then and not 10 years earlier, 100 years earlier, 1,000 years earlier? One of two things. Either Mashiach will come because the time is up, the world can only go on for 6,000 years before Mashiach comes. So, Mashiach might come simply because the time is up. And then we won't be able to ask, why now and not 100 years earlier? Because 100 years earlier, the time wasn't up. The other possibility is that Mashiach will come because we're ready. And 100 years ago, we weren't ready. If that's the case, then we have to understand what it means to be ready. And how can we be more ready today than our grandparents were a hundred years ago? When their faith in Mashiach was much more impressive than ours. Their faith in everything was more impressive than ours. They were more devout, they were more religious, they were more devoted. They believed in Mashiach much more than we do. And yet Mashiach didn't come to them. But he will come to us. Why? The whole thing started in the Garden of Eden. The whole story ends with the coming of Mashiach. 
that which began in the Garden of Eden ends with the coming of Mashiach. In other words, the eating from the tree of knowledge that caused the world to become lower will finally be over when Mashiach comes. Now, what actually began in the Garden of Eden, as we spoke the other day, that Adam and Chava decided that you have to bring godliness down to the level of the tree that is not kosher. That it's not enough to stay in the Garden of Eden where everything is holy, and those things in the world out there that is unholy, not my business, not my problem. That's not good enough. You have to bring godliness down to earth. How do we understand this? How do we instinctively know this? We know this because we know that our soul came from the highest place in heaven, a piece of God, and yet it wasn't good for the soul to stay in heaven. It had to come down to the lowest possible world, which is our world. Spaceship Earth. Why would something so high need to come down so low? The answer is because godliness has to be brought to the lowest possible condition. What does it mean to bring godliness to the lowest possible condition? There was a time on earth when the prophets roamed the earth by the thousands. You know, we'd know about some 20 prophets, but there were thousands of prophets in those days. Not everyone was published. Not every prophet got published, but there were thousands of prophets. So you had a world full of inspired individuals. Mashiach didn't come to them. Because they had not brought godliness down to earth. They were not down to earth. They were not completely human. They were mystical people. They were heavenly people. They were holy people. As the expression is, they walked a cubit off the earth, above the earth. They weren't really down to earth. This generation, we, us, we are down to earth. Almost. Yesterday, a year ago, five years ago, ask the average Jew, what is Mashiach? And he will tell you, Mashiach is a principle of faith in the Jewish religion. Religious Jews believe that Mashiach is going to come and take us out of Goas. Does that sound down to earth? That's not down to earth. That's pie in the sky. It may be true. A lot of things are true in heaven. But when you say Mashiach is something that religious Jews believe in, so it's not down to earth. 
As long as Mashiach is a religious principle, as long as Mashiach is something for the pious, then it's not down to earth. As long as Mashiach is still a matter of faith, if you believe in belief is not down to earth. You believe in things that you can't see, can't understand, can't relate to, can't appreciate. So the only thing left to do is to believe in it. Belief is in, is in heaven, not on earth. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having your head in the clouds, with having your head in heaven. But the mission is, the end of the story that Adam and Eve began in bringing godliness down to earth, down to earth means lower than the level of faith. So as long as Mashiach is a matter of faith, we haven't brought him down to earth, so he's not here. What does it mean, mean to bring Mashiach? To bring him means to bring Mashiach down to earth. Our grandparents believed in him. They believed in him more than we will ever believe in him. That doesn't bring Mashiach. Bringing Mashiach means demystifying Mashiach, taking him out of the realm of faith, bringing him down to the realm of everyday life. That never happened before. Never happened before. Today it's happening. When we talk about Mashiach today, we're not talking about something which is a mitzvah to believe in. We're not talking about you put on tefillin, you keep kosher, you light candles Friday night, Friday afternoon, and believe in Mashiach. No. Believing in Mashiach is not a mitzvah. It used to be. It used to be treated as a mitzvah. It used to be treated as a principle of faith. Today we talk about Mashiach not because it's a mitzvah or a holy thing to do. Today we talk about Mashiach because we can't wait anymore. People who are not religious, people who are not into faith and belief, talk about Mashiach because when will he come already? What do you care when he's going to come? What do you mean, why do I care? I can't take the suffering anymore. So it's not a matter of, oh, I'm such a pious Jew and I read the Rambam and the Rambam says that 13 principles of faith and one of them is to believe in Mashiach. My grandfather did that. Moshe did that. So, when you come to a person and you say, how, what does it mean Mashiach is going to come? What does it mean? You believe in Mashiach? Ask a Christian. You believe in Messiah? Yeah. Is he coming? Yeah. How is he going to come? How is he going to come? Uh, we'll all wake up one morning and there'll be this thing shining in the sky. We're all going to look with that glassy-eyed look like Spielberg, you know, that kind of thing. And, and we're going to hear this voice and he's going to come and he's going to say, and we're all going to be saved. So, you know, we've been thinking that for 2,000 years. Nothing's happened. The world keeps getting worse and worse and worse. As long as you believe in Mashiach as something mystical, 
and something otherworldly, then you are preventing him from coming. How then are we supposed to look at Mashiach? Mashiach has to become as real, as urgent, as necessary, as tangible as the morning news. We shouldn't be expecting a visit from outer space. We shouldn't be expecting an angel to come down from heaven. We should expect to wake up in the morning, open up the newspapers, and it should say, Mashiach has finally arrived. That's how. But if it's not printed in the newspapers, if it's not on all the headlines, including the National Enquirer, if it doesn't get down to that level, but you hear a voice and a ringing and a chauffeur, and you don't know who it is and what it is, and everybody's going crazy, and everybody... Forget it, it's not Mashiach. For that, we didn't have to wait 2,000 years. That could have happened at any time. For a mystical visitation from some non-physical being, so what are we waiting 2,000 years? He couldn't come yesterday. Are we more ready today for a mystical visitation from some other planet than we were 10 years ago? Not at all. 10 years ago, they were better prepared for that kind of stuff. 10 years ago, people would have believed anything. <laughs> 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, they were into believing. And yet, this didn't happen for them. If that is going to happen to us, forget it. We're going to call the police if some nut arrives. We're a chauffeur and doesn't let anybody sleep. So that kind of Mashiach, I mean, that's for the books. When we're talking about Mashiach actually coming, we're talking about a level of reality that we are now ready for, that our grandparents were not ready for. And that's why he didn't come to them, but will come to us. What is this reality that we are now better equipped to handle than our grandparents or great-grandparents. In ancient days, and if you listen to the Christian story, and by the way, the, um, the justification, the right to exist that Christians have and everything has to earn its existence. Christianity earns its right to exist because it speaks of Mashiach. Everything else about it is pretty, uh, pretty flimsy. But it speaks of Mashiach. It's the only religion that speaks about Mashiach. Of course, they got it all wrong as to who Mashiach is. But that's an incidental detail. The point is that Mashiach is known in the world because of Christianity. And that's what gives it its right to exist. So when we talk about Mashiach, it's, it's acceptable to, uh, 
to include Christianity in this discussion because it is the only other religion that talks about Mashiach. But if you look at the way that the whole thing is dealt with, you see that it's a totally otherworldly concept. Mashiach is not real. He wasn't born real. He didn't live real. He didn't die for real. Nothing is real about him. He's totally otherworldly. And that's what's wrong. Mashiach has to be not only in this world, but very much a part of this world. Otherwise, we're back in Gan Eden, and we haven't yet eaten from the tree of knowledge, and we've never yet gotten down to earth. What does it mean to get ready? What does it mean to get down to earth? If someone speaks about Mashiach and says, I read in a book that deals with astrology, and I saw that it says in astrology, in the stars, it says that on a certain day of a certain month in a certain corner of the world, Mashiach will arrive. Forget it. I don't want to hear about it. If Mashiach is something predicted in the stars, then, then forget it. Talking to a rabbi, Orthodox rabbi, and I say something about Mashiach coming, and he says, how do you know that? How do you know Mashiach is coming? So I tell him that the Rebbe said this, the Rebbe said that, signs, this. He says, show me where it says. Show me where it says. If in talking about Mashiach, you need to know where it says, then we haven't gotten down to earth yet. But if I show you where it says, then what? As long as we treat the subject of Mashiach as a subject, as long as we treat Mashiach as a quote from a prophet, as long as we're running around saying Isaiah 52, forget it. Isaiah died a long time ago. We're talking about Mashiach. We're talking about something here and now. And you're saying, oh, but it says, what it says has been known for 2,000 years. Now we need Mashiach, not another quote. So bringing Mashiach means getting to a place, to a, to a, a realization, to a frame of mind where that which yesterday was a mystical concept in the holy writings of religious peoples has now become a human need just like we need fresh air and we need clean water and we need to be protected from nuclear fallout we need Mashiach just as realistically and just as physically when people start talking about Mashiach as a need, as a physical need, then we are ready for Mashiach. And that is where we're at right now. Nobody, very few people, still refer to Mashiach as some kind of a mystical event. 
So the Rebbe says, will you lend me a hundred dollars until Mashiach comes? I mean, is Mashiach real to you or, or not? Is his arrival as definite, as real, as down-to-earth as your birthday? Your birthday will soon come. You want to lend me $100 till your birthday? You want to lend me $100 till Mashiach comes? It wasn't too long ago that Mr. Kissinger was practically a private citizen. I mean, he wasn't a president, he wasn't a prime minister, he wasn't a king. And yet, to, to some very impressive degree, he was running the world. Or it seemed like it. Wherever there was a problem on the globe, he had the answer. And he would come and he would negotiate and he would shuttle diplomacy back and forth and he would fix everything. And for about a year, everybody believed it. Not believed it. Accepted it. Even the Arabs. Kissinger was brilliant. He was going to solve all the problems. And everybody wanted him to come solve their problem. So if our grandparents or great-grandparents had a problem, they believed in the coming of Mashiach, but they lived under the Tsar Alexander. And this Tsar had some ideas of his own. So the Jews in Russia are thinking, Mashiach is going to come, and he is going to tell the Tsar what to do. And the Tsar is going to listen. How is that going to happen? How could such a thing be? Well, it'll be a miracle. And at the same time, that's, that the Tsar, Alexander, is going to listen to him. Every other dictator, every other Michigana, every other king, every other emperor, every other nut who is running a country is going to listen to Mashiach. How is that going to happen? It'll be a miracle. After all, Mashiach himself is a miracle. But even, even more recently, even for our own parents, the Gaul is going to listen to a Mashiach. Churchill is going to listen to a Mashiach. Stalin is going to listen to a Mashiach. Roosevelt is going to listen to a Mashiach. They all thought they had the answers. They all thought that they were Mashiach <laughs> in one form or another. But in our generation, could one Jew come along and be so impressive that everybody in the world is willing to listen to him? Of course. They were even willing to listen to Kissinger. So when we sit here and think, Mashiach is going to come along, and Gorbachev is going to listen, and, uh, and, and Reagan is going to listen, but a miracle? It's not going to be a miracle. Why shouldn't they listen? 
Why shouldn't they listen? They all admit they need good advice. So why shouldn't they? Of course they'll listen. How can you not listen? The world is coming apart at the seams and somebody has a solution. What do you mean you're not going to listen? Of course they'll listen. Of course they'll listen. Even Russia. Well, thank God there's Chernobyl. Even Russia. When they really need some help, they'll even ask an Israeli doctor to come. So that part of the miracle has been demystified. Our grandparents believed fervently that Mashiach will come and hypnotize Stalin. It'll be a miracle. We don't need miracles. Mashiach is not a miracle. He doesn't have to do any miracles. Mashiach will come and what he says will make sense and everybody will agree. Why is that more realistic to us than to our grandparents? Because that's what the world is up to right now. And also because we've seen it. We've seen a Kissinger, who certainly was no Mashiach. And yet, because he seemed a little bit brighter than your average bear, people were willing to listen to him. So if we talk about what is readiness... What does readiness consist of? Readiness consists of seeing Mashiach as a, as, a, as a human need. The whole world is saying, in one way or another, in, in, in these words or in those words, that what the world needs now is somebody with a little wisdom. Any, anybody who is concerned with the condition of the world today recognizes and says that the only solution is is leadership we don't have a leader the other generations looked at the world and said the solution for us is the other guy should get killed i am the solution as long as i can beat up everybody around me everything will be fine for the first time in history the world is saying give us a leader everybody's saying it in one form or another not just Jews. I mean, the fact that a few years ago, Carter was elected because he represented some kind of a moral leadership rather than political leadership. The fact that uh, in Iran, somebody as strong and as secure as the Shah was overthrown by a Meshuggah who wasn't even in the country, long distance, he was able to overthrow a government because people there wanted moral leadership that in Israel Begin was elected to everyone's shock and dismay because people wanted moral leadership that that the world is admitting now that another gun or another weapon, or another piece of territory, or another election isn't going to change anything. We really need leadership. And nobody is sure or confident that they have that kind of leadership. Americans aren't walking around saying that Reagan can solve the world's problems. And Russians aren't walking around saying that Gorbachev can solve all the problems. 
And England doesn't think they have any solutions, even to their own problems. And so on with South Africa and Australia. Everybody's willing to admit we need somebody with real wisdom. Not with a bigger gun. Not with more money. We've run out of these temporary solutions. And therefore, we are very ready for, for a solution, not for a band-aid. And that amounts to Mashiach.